Ah, uh, yes, the classic slip and slide experience. Not exactly what you want in the bathroom. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of No Small Boy Stuff. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me today, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Alex. What's up, everyone? We're excited to bring you another episode packed with interesting discussions. Today, we'll be diving into some of the hottest topics from the Explain, like I'm 5 subreddit. We'll be answering questions about human evolution, animal immune systems, showering during thunderstorms, bamboo products, and wine bottles. If you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. Absolutely. Your support means the world to us. So without further ado, let's dive into today's topics and see what we can learn. Can't wait to get started, Mike. Let's do this. All right. So I came across this interesting question on Reddit. It goes like this. If humans have been in our current form for 250,000 years, why did it take so long for us to progress? Yet once it began, it's in hyperspeed. What do you think, Alex? Oh, that's a tough one. I guess it's like when you're trying to open a jar of pickles and it just won't budge. But once you get that initial twist, it becomes so much easier. Or, you know, like when you're trying to get out of bed in the morning. Exactly. So one of the top comments on this Reddit thread explains that a major factor for human progress was the development of agriculture. It allowed us to settle in one place, have a steady food supply and focus on other pursuits like inventing the wheel or discovering fire. Or, you know, creating the first meme. Oh, the first meme. I bet it was a stick figure drawing on a cave wall captioned, when you're hunting mammoths, but they run faster than you. Probably. Another comment mentioned how the invention of writing was also a game changer. It allowed us to store and share knowledge, which accelerated innovation. Imagine trying to explain how to build a pyramid to someone without any written instructions. It would be like playing the world's most frustrating game of charades. Oh, man, that would be a nightmare. Two words. First word. Sounds like stone. No, wait, block. Yeah, block. Second word. Oh, come on. Just tell me already. Exactly. And as we continued to develop better tools and technology, our ability to innovate just kept snowballing. It's like we went from riding horses to flying planes to launching rockets into space in the blink of an eye or, you know, a few thousand years. Same difference. Yeah, it's pretty mind blowing when you think about it. I mean, we went from discovering fire to binge-watching Netflix on our smartphones. If that's not progress, I don't know what is. Amen to that. So there you have it. Human progress might have started slow, but once we got the ball rolling, there was no stopping us. And now we're here discussing it on a podcast. Talk about full circle. Absolutely. So what's next on our agenda, Mike? All right, Alex. Here's another fascinating question from Reddit. Why do some animals, like sharks and crocodiles, have such powerful immune systems that they rarely get sick or develop cancer? And could we learn from them to improve human health? What's your take on that? Well, Mike, I'd say it's because they've got a strict no-nonsense policy when it comes to germs. They just don't have time for that. But seriously, it's a great question. Let's see what Reddit has to say. One user mentioned that alligators, for example have small proteins that destroy bacteria throughout their bodies, which helps them survive in swamp water. Scientists even created a GMO catfish with the same bacteria-destroying protein, and it successfully protected the catfish from infection. So who knows? Maybe one day we'll have GMO humans. I can see it now. Introducing the all-new Alligator Man, 
now with 50% fewer infections and 100% more swamp water tolerance. Another comment brought up the extensive research on sharks and their immune systems. They're highly resistant to cancer, and studies have helped us learn how to block the growth of cancer cells and even repair DNA. So not only are sharks fascinating creatures, they're also helping us fight diseases. I guess you could say they're the unsung heroes of the deep blue sea. Or, you know, the toothy nightmares with a heart of gold. Another user mentioned the cancer paradox. Large animals like whales should logically have a higher risk of cancer due to more cells, but they actually have a lower risk than small animals like mice. There are a few theories about why this is, but no one theory has been widely accepted yet. It's like a biological plot twist. We think we've got it all figured out, and then nature throws us a curveball. Classic. So, to sum it up, animals like sharks and crocodiles have evolved to have powerful immune systems due to their environments and other factors. And we are indeed studying them to help improve human health. Pretty amazing, right? Absolutely. I'll never look at a shark or a crocodile the same way again. Unless, of course, I meet one in person. Then I'll just be focused on getting away as fast as possible. Good point. So, what's up next on our list, Alex? Hey, Alex, here's something interesting. Is there a scientific reason not to shower during a thunderstorm? Have you ever wondered about that? You know, Mike, I've definitely heard the old wives' tale, but I never really thought about the science behind it. What does Reddit have to say? Well, one user explains that it's theoretically possible, but extremely unlikely, to get struck by lightning while in the shower. The plumbing in your house has interconnected pipes, which could, in theory, conduct lightning from the vent on the roof, down the pipes and through the water you're showering with. Yikes! So I should just avoid showering during storms and stick to my usual routine of hiding under the bed? That might be a good idea, but the risk is really quite low. The biggest danger is actually the power going out and leaving you in a dark, slippery bathroom. Ah, uh, yes, the classic slip-and-slide experience. Not exactly what you want in the bathroom. Another user brings up an environmental reason to limit showers during storms. In some cities, storm water and wastewater are treated together. And during heavy storms, the system can overflow and cause pollution. So, in those cases, it's a good idea to limit water usage during storms. Wow, so not only are we saving ourselves from potential electrocution, but we're also saving the environment. Two birds with one stone, right? Exactly. So, while the risk of getting zapped in the shower might be low, there are still some valid reasons to hold off on singing in the rain. Or, you know, the shower. Well, that's a relief. I guess I'll just have to come up with some other excuses to avoid showering during storms. Any suggestions? How about perfecting your thunderstorm snack game instead? Priorities, my friend, priorities. All right, Alex, here's a question for you. Why aren't bamboo products like toilet paper and paper towels considerably cheaper than their tree counterparts? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, bamboo grows like weeds, right? You'd think it would be cheaper. What do the wise folks on Reddit have to say about it? One user explains that even though bamboo grows fast, each plant is small and partly hollow. So the total rate of wood production isn't that much different compared to something like a pine tree. Trees are also super easy to grow in places like the U.S., and it's efficient to harvest them because each tree is huge. With enough land, it's quite cost-effective to grow and harvest trees. So it's like a battle between the fast-growing but small bamboo and the slow-growing but massive trees. Who knew the world of paper products was so intense? Definitely. Another user points out that in the U.S., paper products are often made from the waste left after cutting lumber. So, the material is essentially free, and it doesn't require any extra cost for planting, 
harvesting or shipping. Ah, so it's like the paper industry is just upcycling leftover tree bits. Eco-friendly and cost-effective, nice. Exactly. And one more thing to consider is that raw materials are just a small part of the total cost. Things like labor, transportation, and processing are also big factors in the final price of paper products. So what you're telling me is that I shouldn't feel guilty about not buying bamboo toilet paper, right? I guess you can say that. Just remember to recycle and be mindful of your paper usage in general and we'll all be good. Deal. I'll just have to find other ways to incorporate bamboo into my life. Like maybe a fancy bamboo toothbrush or something. There you go. Bamboo-fy your life, just maybe not your toilet paper. All right, Mike, as we wrap up today's podcast, let's tackle one more question. Why do wine bottles have that little indent at the bottom? Ah, uh, the mysterious wine bottle indent. Let's see what Reddit has to say about it. Please do. I've been pondering this for ages. One user explains that there are two historical reasons. First, wine bottles were made by glass blowers, and the process they used just happened to create the indent. Second, the indent created a stable ring of contact on the table, which was more reliable than trying to create a flat bottom. So it's like a happy accident from the good old days of glass blowing. Exactly. These days we can make flat-bottomed bottles by machine, but we still keep the indent mostly out of tradition. Plus, it looks elegant when a waiter pours wine with their thumb in the indent. Ah, the art of the wine pour. Truly underrated. Some people also associate a larger indent with higher quality wine, but that's not necessarily true. It's just a belief that might have some mild correlation. So size doesn't always matter, at least when it comes to wine bottle indents. There are also some practical reasons for the indent, like forcing sediment into the small ring at the bottom to avoid pouring it out, improving the bottle's strength, and helping the wine chill faster. Well, now I feel like a wine bottle indent expert. Thanks for enlightening me, Mike. You're welcome, Alex, and that wraps up today's episode of No Small Boy Stuff. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next time with more fun topics and enlightening discussions. Hey, listeners. Just a quick note that No Small Boy Stuff is a podcast completely generated by AI. If you're interested in creating your own podcast, head over to www.nosmallboystuff.io for more information.